Hello, hello, hello. <laughs> How are you doing? I'm so glad to have you join us this Sunday evening. How have you been? How was the past week? And I welcome you to a new month, the month of October. This is a month I trust God that double will be added to you. This is the first month with double digits. So I trust God in this month, double for your trouble. And on the flip side, affliction will not come a second time. Anything that the enemy has done to stop you in the past will never come the second time. Every cyclic situation, there's somebody at a particular time, every month you fall ill, I break that cyclic curse of sickness over your life in the name of Jesus. As somebody at a particular month in the year, Everything in your life goes topsy-turvy. I command that affliction not to come a second time in the name of Jesus. It is broken. Never again. It will not show up in your life again. I break that hold. Every chain of oppression, I destroy it over your life. Over of that of your partner or your spouse, over your children, over your business, over your career, I break it loose in the name of Jesus. Shout a big amen if you believe that. Because it is done for you. It is signed. It has been sealed. And it has been delivered unto you. It is your portion in this life. It will not come back the second time. You will go in the next, the remaining three months of this year, you will experience good things. The Lord of hosts will fill your mouth with good things. He will satisfy you with good things. He will flood your life with precious things. The heavens over your head will continually rain precious things into your life. Never again will that affliction come. Again, never, never, never. Never in the name of Jesus, I command it to cease by the finger of the Lord. Hallelujah. <laughs> oh, <laughs> praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Give him praise. Give him praise. If that word is for you, you better give him praise. <laughs> the Lord is doing a new thing in your life in the next three months of the year. Get up, get up, get up, get up, get up, get up. Something is not about to happen. Something is already happening in your life. And I know that for sure. That is why I give God praise. I give God praise. <laughs> we worship you. We give you praise. Hallelujah. 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 <laughs> Amen. Do you know that Walt Disney, the popular Disney World or Disney Channel, the man that had got that vision, Walt Disney, do you know he was fired from his job in 1919? Because he was told that he lacked imagination. Can you imagine that? With all the things he imagined, he imagined that park where kids can come and leave their imagination. The same man was told he lacked imagination. Do you know J.K. Rowling, the author of Harry Potter, through her books, she became a billionaire. Her books and her movies. She became a billionaire. Do you know she was sacked from her job too? Because all day she would spend time on the computer 
writing her stories? Or is it Michael Bloomberg? Michael Bloomberg was sacked. Where City Corp? Corp, that's City Bank, rather. Corp. City Bank Corp. Took over his, 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 the, the job where he was working. He was working at Salmon Brothers. Salmon Brothers, an investment company on Wall Street. Where City Group took over Salmon Brothers. He was sacked. And they paid him a severance check. He took that his severance check <laughs> and started the business. This happened not too long ago, I think 1998. Imagine, from that year in 1998, he became a billionaire. At a point, I think he was the 18th richest man in the world. A billionaire, not too long ago. You might think maybe the years, in, maybe the 60s or 70s. 1998, just before the turn of this uh, millennia. Today, he's recognized as a billionaire, one of the richest men in America. He even ran for the presidency under the Democratic Party. Yet, he was sacked. He was let go because they deemed him as weight that needed to be let go. Imagine if he wasn't sacked. He would have remained as a partner working Today is a billionaire, richer than a lot of people that own that city group that sacked him. Think about it. Is it Oprah Winfrey? Oprah Winfrey for, was sacked from her job on the radio because she usually attaches emotions to the news story. And the radio director could not have it. And she was sacked. That sack led her to becoming one of the, I think she was the first black, black female black billionaire in the world. Imagine if she wasn't sacked. Or is it Elvis Presley that was told that he, that they, he should go back <laughs> and continue driving the truck? He was a truck driver. He went to try out, you know, to see if he would be signed by a record label. The, the executives of the record label told him, go, that you do well, better in life driving the truck. Forget about music. <laughs> Forget about it. It will take you nowhere. Imagine if you had listened to them. If you had gone back to drive the truck and forgotten about playing the guitar, singing, and dancing the talky dog. Is it a honky talk dance or something? Imagine. He wouldn't have been, he would have written his names on the sands of time. He wouldn't have written his name into the history books. I can give you many, many, many other examples. Thomas Edison was also sacked <laughs> because he used to conduct secret experiments while he was working for Western Union. Yeah, he worked for Western Union in 1867. He was sacked because at night he would conduct secret experiments and destroy one or two things in the office and he was let go. Imagine if I had given up on that vision of inventing things. He would have been one of the foremost inventors that we have in the world today. Is it Lady Gaga? Lady Gaga was told that she couldn't sing. <laughs> when she was finally signed by record label, they let her go, I think, a few weeks later. That she couldn't sing. That she should go. <laughs> you know? She should go. That um, she would not sell records. few weeks of signing, I think three months of signing, <laughs> onto a record level. She was let go. 
<laughs> Steve Jobs' story is, is one of the most popular stories that we already know. He was sacked by his own company. Imagine that your own company that you started sacked you. Whew. Question is, what do you do when you are told no? What do you do when you hear no? What do you do when people say to you, you are not good enough? What do you do? Today, I want to talk to you about how to deal with rejection. And the title of my sermon today is, No Doesn't Mean No. <laughs> I'll say that again. No does not mean no. I trust God at the end of today, you're going to have a paradigm shift. A paradigm shift, a new attitude when you hear no. A new attitude when people say to you no or when people reject you. When people say to you that you're not good enough. I want the end of today that you have a new attitude to that word no and rejection. That when you hear the word no or, re- or when you're rejected, instead, you don't go getting depressed. You don't go with your shoulders down. You don't go throwing a pity party. Rather, you rise up strong, confident, knowing that no is really not a no. No is a detour. (laughs) I'm going to say that again. No is a detour. Do you know what a detour is? Maybe you're traveling on a highway and there are maybe probably a road construction or something. And you get to the point where the road, the road has been closed. You see a sign put up there by the construction company asking, you know, the road users to take a detour. Rather take the left turn and go across the road construction, you know, um, where the road is being constructed or maintenance is being done and join back the road at a different point. (laughs) So that sign does not mean, hey, your journey has ended. Stop. Park. Sleep. Because we are maintaining this road. Don't sleep in your car for one month, three months, six months till we are done maintaining the road. Rather, they they are asking you to take a detour. Continue your journey but from a different lane. <laughs> There's somebody I'm talking to. <laughs> I'll say that again. Continue your journey, but from a different lane. Catch up at a different point. Now, what happens when you take a detour is that you take a detour and you go through diff- a different road, and that different road will expose you to different things. Different things. For some people, you will garner knowledge. You will mature. You will acquire one or two other skills. So by the time you join the road again, you are a a different man that started that journey. So when you get to your destination, you are better equipped to handle 
that height. When you get to the height you are going to, you've gathered skills, experience that will better make you handle the height. That will help you handle the height better. That will ensure you don't get to the height and something brings you down. If you didn't take that detour, you wouldn't have gathered those skills. If you didn't take that detour, you wouldn't have matured. <laughs> if you didn't take that detour, you wouldn't have learned or developed new relationships that will keep you in that height or on that height where God is taking you to. So, no. <laughs> I say that again. No. It's not no. <laughs> I'll repeat it again. When you hear no, it does not mean you are rejected. No is a detour. Everybody repeat that with me. Type it as a comment. Say no is a detour. <laughs> Say no is taking me to a place of preparation. <laughs> Say no is taking me to a place where I'll make relationships <laughs> that will take me to the top. <laughs> Shout a big amen if you believe that. <laughs> Hallelujah. <laughs> oh, glory, 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 glory. So no is actually a redirection, a redirection, a redirection to places, to people that you need that will take you to your promised land. Your no isn't a no. That no you heard is not rejection. Every no is not the opposite. Let me put it this way. No is not the opposite of yes. <laughs> that road sign, that problem, that rejection is simply redirecting you to where God wants you to go. Imagine if Saul's father's cattle, donkeys, did not go missing. Imagine that. So Saul went out to look for it with his servants. That missing donkey was a redirection to take Saul from just being a donkey chaser to take Saul from just being a normal son of a own of of a, an owner of donkeys to becoming the king of Israel the king of God's nation and you know the story he took that detour went looking for the donkey after one or two days he wanted to go back for some people when they get to the place where they told them no they give up they want to go back they want to forget pressing forward. They just want to leave everything. They're like, oh, if I knew, I wouldn't have, I would have believed, I've had hopes. They want to give up. And that's exactly what Saul wanted to do. But thank God, he surrounded himself with wise servants. <laughs> Who are your friends? Who have you surrounded yourself with? Do you have people that can perceive what is going on? Just people that can also redirect you and point you to where you're supposed to be headed to, to people you're supposed to be uh, to be to be acquaintances with, to people that's supposed to be your mentor, to books, to trainings that will give you the required skill that will take you to where God wants you to go to. 
Who are the people you surround yourself with? That is a big question I needed to answer. So the servant told Saul, there is a man of God that lives around this place. Let's go and inquire of him. <laughs> and that is how they took a detour. And they went to inquire from Prophet Samuel. And the rest is, was history. That encounter with the prophet <laughs> catapulted Saul from just chasing donkeys <laughs> to becoming the king of Israel. There's someone listening to this message. You might have been rejected. They might have said no to you. They might have turned down your proposal. Hey, 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 hey. listen to me. That no is not the opposite of yes. That no is not a no. <laughs> that no is a detour. That no means redirection. That no means, hey, hey, hey. That means there is something better on the horizon for you. Thirdly, when you hear that no, I need you to misinterpret it. <laughs> you might ask, what do you mean by misinterpret it? <sighs> Don't think that that no that you heard is about you. Never think that. That no that you heard might be about the person saying no to you. There are people, because of what they've gone through in life, they derive pleasure from the pain of other people. Oh, yes, there are wicked people on earth. They derive pleasure when they see other people go through pain. So because of the pain, some of them is from their childhood, some of them is from their past relationships, some of them is from the a past event in their lives. They are hell-bent, hell-bent of seeing pain on other people's face. It is not normal. Yes, it's not. When I was in high school, when I was in college, in my class, there's a particular guy. <laughs> I won't forget his name. I won't mention his name here, but the particular guy, I won't forget him either. Very interesting guy. Whenever the class, we come together to agree on something, maybe something we need to do, a project, an assignment, or something. You know, maybe like something we need to do as a group. Whenever the class agrees on what to do, this guy will raise his hand and go the opposite way. Always, he will always go oppose everything, no matter how good the idea sounds. So one day I called him. I said, what's going on, guy? What's, what's the problem? Why is it that when we agree to move forward with a solution or with something, you will always be a roadblock? He turned to me, looked at me, and snared. He said, that's just what I do. That's just what I do. I go against everything. I don't care what it is. I don't even care to understand it. I just go against everything. I go contrary to everything that people agree. That's what I do. And I looked at him and I had a good laugh. There's some people like that. 
I'm, I don't blame him. I don't know what he's been through in his life, but that is just who he is. That is how he just wants to go with life. So at times you encounter such people, when they reject you, when they say no to you, you go thinking that you are the problem. No, you are not. No, you are not. I repeat, no, you are not. You are not the problem. They are the problem. They have issues they are dealing with. They have issues that they need to sort out for themselves. So because of their issues, they rejected you. There is nothing wrong with you. I repeat that to you. There is nothing wrong with you. That boy that rejected you, that broke up with you, he probably has an issue with relationships. It could be from his home. It could be from his parents' relationships. It could be from his past relationships. Don't go crying, turning your bed and your blankets and your, and, your, and your bed sheets, flooding it with tears. Don't go crying over another person's issue. Don't do that. It is not your problem. It is his pain. He needs to go and deal with it. He needs to go and probably see a psychologist. So that's what the way I want you to misinterpret some no's. Don't think you are the problem. Don't think it's about you. It could be about the people rejecting you. Amen. Amen. So when you understand no and take no for what it is, no loses its power over you. Hallelujah. It loses its power over you. Hallelujah, hallelujah. So don't get insecure in your thoughts whenever you are rejected. Don't feel you're not good enough whenever you're rejected. It is not about you. It is about the other people. I've got a lot of things I need to say to you. Lots, 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 lots. But I'm looking at the time. Oh my God, my time is up. My time is up. Let me just squeeze in one. One more. Let me squeeze in one more. Then I'll end it here. And I'll finish this sermon on Tuesday by 6 p.m. Make sure you keep a day with me. This Tuesday by 6 p.m. We are going to continue and end this subject I'm talking to you about. When no is not no. No is not the opposite of yes. What to do when you're faced with rejection? No is a detour. No simply means redirection. I'm going to give you one more. I'm going to give you one more. <laughs> Hallelujah. When some people say no, they are actually saying they don't want that for themselves. Think about it. <laughs> oh, will I finish this? Okay, let me just introduce it. I'll tie it up on, on Tuesday. What if people say no to you? And if people reject you, they are not saying no to you. They are saying no for themselves. I'll give you an example. I personally, I don't like catfish. I don't. I thought personally, it just is slimy. It doesn't even taste. In fact, it's tasteless. Either in pepper soup or whatever. It's just, ugh. I don't like it. Then coupled with the thought that uh, catfish are supposed to be the cleanup, the sanitation company of the oceans. Some people say, oh, no, but catfish is not red. Are red, are farmed in clean ponds and all that. Whatever. 
But that is how God made them. That's who God made them. The fishes in that pond excrete things. No matter how clean you think it is, they also pick up the excretors and all that. But that's for me. Will eating it go, make, make you to be rejected by God? No. Will it make you not to go to heaven? No. But it's just me. I don't like catfish. So somebody will go prepare catfish pepper soup. Beautiful, nice, tasty, peppery. Wow. Serves it to the first person. The person eats it and we're like, wow, good, lovely. Everybody is, is excited and, <laughs> and happy with the catfish. And many of them over ate. Then I walk into the party. You serve it to me. I'm like, mm, no, thank you. And you might go and feel rejected. Oh, they rejected me. Oh, he doesn't like my catfish. Oh, maybe I didn't really spice it too well. Oh, okay, maybe I didn't, I, didn't, I didn't really present it well to him. Oh, that's why he rejected it. My friend, it is not about you. I don't like catfish. I hate catfish. I don't hate catfish. So when I say no, I am saying no for myself. I'm not rejecting you. I'm not rejecting your gift. I'm not rejecting your benevolence. I am saying no because I don't like catfish. Now imagine the catfish that was rejected. Say, oh, he doesn't like me. See, these other people liked me. Jesus doesn't like me. Oh, I'll be depressed. And the catfish goes and becomes depressed. And the catfish goes, rolls into her bed or his bed, covers him or herself, and won't come out for two or three days because I rejected it. Think about it. Just think. Pause, pause, pause and think about it. How does it sound? The catfish now calls up in bed. Two days, three days, refuses to take his or her bath because I rejected it. It has nothing to do with the catfish. It has everything to do with me. So when I said no, I didn't say no to the catfish. I didn't say no to the person that presented it to me. I said no for myself. Are you getting the point? When you start seeing no and rejection from some of these perspectives, your paradigm changes. Your attitude towards no changes. Something happens. Depression ceases to hold you down anymore whenever you hear that word no. When you put some of these things into perspective, no becomes yes. No becomes good. No becomes one of the best things that will ever happen to you. No becomes that stepping stone, that roadblock that will break you through into your promised land, into your rest, into that throne to sit upon and reign in this life. Hallelujah. I'm going to end here. But like I said, I'll continue on Tuesday. I'll tie it up on Tuesday. But I'm going to pray for you. What am I going to pray for? For the spirit of wisdom and revelation to come upon each and every one of you. To catch and, and, and have a new perception of rejection. To have a new perception of no. 
Let every no and rejection of the past be your stepping stone into greatness. I speak that into your life. In the name of Jesus. And I speak into your life that every no and rejection from the past becomes your route to success. In the name of Jesus. And I deliver this word from God to you. The best is coming to you. Your best is coming to you. New levels, new heights, greater things is coming to you. In the name of Jesus Christ, I have prophesied, I have declared, I have prayed. Amen and amen. Remember, remember, in case you have been depressed, emotionally traumatized from the past, from a relationship or from something, I wear this shirt as a reminder. By his stripes, your soul is healed. By his stripes, he comforts your soul. By his stripes, peace floods your heart and your mind. By his stripes, you are going to meet people, someone that will wipe all the tears of the past away in the name of Jesus. I decree it today. I prophesy today. Each and every one of you that believes this prophecy and shouts a big amen, it will be delivered to you. There's someone listening to me right now. You've lost a lot of funds, invested wrongly. By his stripes, there will be restoration. He bled so you will enjoy restoration. And that restoration comes to you now. In the name of Jesus. Go in this might. I'm going to see you on Tuesday by 6 p.m. If you want to catch up with any of our messages, go right now to our website, www.activatechurch.co.uk slash podcast and catch up with all the past messages that you've missed. And I'll see you on Tuesday as we tie up this sermon series when no is a yes. Bye. Oh,